Jan, when you get negative thoughts, how do you cope with it? Is there anything you do in particular that sort of helps you relieve that those thoughts or justify those thoughts? Mm. It's interesting because some of those negative thoughts can sometimes be justified. And I'm glad you asked whether, whether there's a way that I justify them because if I feel as though I haven't done, say, like the work, I haven't put in the necessary stuff to get like a certain result that I want, I feel like it, it's definitely reasonable to, to have negative thoughts. But then again as well, like you can't get caught up in it. If you have a negative thought, about maybe like you, you haven't done enough to, to get a certain result, you haven't done the work necessary, then you just need to, you, you need to acknowledge it and say like, okay, I feel like I do because I haven't done the things necessary. Like I need to change for next time. But then if, if you're just getting these thoughts and they're like fully unwarranted, like you're not, you've done the work or you're just trying to live your day-to-day life, but you're still constantly getting negative thoughts, I haven't necessarily found a certain way that that's best. And, and this is just what, what works for me. Um, but I just basically, <laughs> I just kind of drown out my negative thoughts with, with more work. And it might, <laughs> it might not be the healthiest way to do it, but if I, and it depends on the negative thought, if it's maybe like an, an insecurity or something, I, I just drown it with more and more work. <laughs> Fuck, fuck the negative thoughts. If I just keep myself so occupied, I'm never going to have these thoughts. It's all good. <laughs> Sounds bad when I say it out loud. But like, for, obviously it doesn't work for every scenario. But yeah. if we have an example of like perhaps an insecurity around not being good enough for, for some certain reason, like it could be in any situation, then I'll just do whatever it takes to get better at that certain aspect of my life. Mm. And I find that once I'm actually progressing towards it, even if I'm not at the pinnacle, I haven't reached that full success. Like I've noticed it helps like so much. For sure. Just as, as long as I see I'm progressing and, and kind of getting closer. Yeah, to- I, I, look, I agree to some, some extent as well. I think, I think what's important when you do have the negative thoughts is to switch from your emotional brain to your logical brain and actually think logically as opposed to just getting caught up in the emotions. And... I think that's an actionable way where you can break down a thought logically and think, okay, why am I feeling this way? Why is this emotion coming up? Why am I having these thoughts? Because what you'll find is a lot of time you can break it down. And if you break down the negative thought enough, you'll find that it shouldn't actually, it's not a negative thing and you'll be able to overcome it. And so, um, yeah, when when you talk about work examples, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the negative thoughts might be you're not satisfied with the amount of work that you've done. Mm. And so that could either be your standards are so high and sometimes you just need to appreciate the gain in order for you to achieve that gap, um, in which case the negative thoughts is a good way to, to use as reflection and be conscious of what you're thinking about. Or you could have quite simply been lazy and put, pulled off the work and not done the amount that you know you could have done in which case you should use those negative thoughts as fuel to not let that happen again. Mm. So then you can move forward. But it might be a negative thought that's out of your control. And when you actually break it down and go, okay, this is not even in my control. For example, it might be in a relationship and someone has done something in their own brain or or like the person you're trying to, you really like or something has like, 
done something that you can't control. Mm. It's fully out of your control. But you beat yourself up with all these negative thoughts knowing that those thoughts can't change the outcome because it's already happened. In which case, if you removed the emotion, you thought logically, then you'd be able to go, okay, that's out of my control. I can't control this whether I think positively, negatively, or do anything. It's out of my control. So let's stop consuming out all of our energy on that. Mm. Obviously easier said than done, but that's an example where you've got to, when you're acting on your emotions, it's going to be a lot more severe because if you actually break down the severity of that thing and the amount you can actually move the needle in that problem, you're like, there's, there's actually no, no room for you to make change. So there's no point losing sleep over it. For sure. The, the uncontrollables just need to be accepted. If it's something you can't change by doing a certain action, you just need to accept like where you're where you're at, like with how you feel, and that that's not to say as well that that you can't like change the way that you think about something. But when I say you need to accept it, if it's what you think is like a negative scenario or, or mm. just something really bad is happening in your life, you often need to learn to accept it if it's something that you can't fix, because mm. through that acceptance you're just going to feel so much better about yourself and the situation. Yeah, I think it's acknowledging what's happened and being able to see the positive in any, on any of the outcomes because you're having a negative thought from something that you are not happy with in your life. So it might have been something that's happened to you and it's affecting you and so you're having a negative thought about what it could have been or it should have been in which case you can't control because that's the past. And so being really conscious of your thoughts, recognizing your thoughts and where they're stemming from, and then also thinking about the positives from that situation happening. Because what you'll find is when you, when you realize that there's a positive to every negative, you can see good in bad situations and that can allow you to move forward. But I think that's a different, that's, a, that's having an assessment of your thoughts, right? Mm. That's different to just bottling them up and leaving, putting them to the side or, or getting rid of them by onboarding more work and stuff like that because that can work in the short term. But if you haven't resolved those thoughts that are going on in your head, then they're going to come up again. The bottle's going to open. And so having that assessment of your thoughts so that you can become neutral with that emotion and that thought, I think it's really powerful. It's the same with going through a breakup, right? Like you if you just keep doing all these things, these short-term pleasures to get your mind off the problem as opposed to hit, heading it face on, the, pro the pain's going to come back up. It's going to rise back to the surface because you haven't dealt with it properly. You've just put it to the side and you've bottled it up. And um, yeah, I think being really aware of your thoughts and where they're coming from and being able to unpack them and find all the goods and bads in those thoughts it's going to be really beneficial for you long-term and short-term. Mm, it definitely is. And I think while we're on that as well, working out where your core reason why really comes from, of, of why you feel a certain way, J just to give you like a, a little anecdote, like a story of, of just like sort of what's happened for me is for instance, growing up, we never had much money. Like it was always a bit of a struggle. And when you are brought up like that, you, you often find it, like that money's not around, like that it, there's not an abundant amount of money around. So you have this feeling that 
you don't necessarily deserve money mm. and that because money's not everywhere you, you think it's really hard to come by so if you have that sort of mindset you're doing the opposite of of an abundance mindset which is the way that you you have money flowing into your life constantly so if you can then work out where that where that sort of pain has come from or where that core reason maybe it could like it could be as simple as as even just your parents like going shopping and and they feel as though like they can't prioritize some products some things and that's something that it, like you're so impressionable as a child mm. and that can just be that can be kept on you your whole life mm. and that that has such a big impact on how you think about money and how you view your mindset towards what you deserve later on in life so getting really specific on where that could have come from I think is super valuable yeah and realizing that your thoughts are your reality and understanding that everyone the way they perceive the world is their reality so you can't change someone's thoughts entirely because that's what they believe that's their beliefs and it comes down to yeah if these are things from your childhood that you've been brought up this is the way you perceive the world this is the way you view the world and so when someone's brought up with not much money affluence isn't a part of their nature and their beliefs they don't believe it's normal to have a lot of money so then they have that they don't have an abundance mindset but you can't blame them for that because they haven't been brought up with it their view of the world their thoughts which are their reality is different to yours mm. and so recognizing if you can reprogram your thoughts you're going to reprogram your reality and your life your standards are going to increase in every area depending on where your thoughts are mm. the way you respect yourself is going to change because if you've been brought up with people that don't respect themselves maybe maybe physically and they haven't looked after their body as well like you're probably not going to respect your body the way that you should respect your body mm. because your reality is skewed and so understanding that if you can, the, the, the way to transform your external and your life is to start transforming from the inside out and really recognizing what's programmed in your mind, what's programmed in your body. And the sooner you can change that, the sooner you can change your whole reality in life. Mm -hmm. Totally. And your perception is so subjective mm -hmm. because even if we take the example of perhaps like there's, there's two twins they were both brought up in the, the exact same environment. Maybe their parents were big drinkers. One could have the view of like later in life, they could, they could become a total alcoholic. One could, on the other hand, become, I don't know, super successful, never touches alcohol. The one that's an alcoholic says, I drink because my parents drunk. And then the second one that was super successful also says the exact same thing. So they also say, I drink because my parents drunk or I don't drink because my parents drunk. And it's all about perception that the exact same things were happening in their life. It's just that they chose to have a different reaction to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's that whole, um, heroes, heroes use pain. Villains are used by it. Mm. So, so you're the, the person who's, who's brought up the, the, the mum and dad are alcoholics. The twins, one grows up and goes, my parents are alcoholics. That's why I'm an alcoholic. So he's a, he's a villain because he, he's used by the pain. And then there's the hero, the other twin that goes, my parents are alcoholics. I'm never going to be like that because I've seen how much it affects them. And equally, I don't want anyone else in my family to go through that. And so the villains are used by it and the heroes use the pain. And that's the difference. And when you think about their genetics, 
it's the same person. They're twins. But they've one's reprogrammed their mind to the internal of them. And what that's ha- what's what that stemmed from what's that stemmed to is that he's got a completely different life. And so even when you talk about psychocybernetics, one of your favorite books, about the psycho psychocybernetics, the way your brain program is programmed mm. and how it's wired and how it works, about being able to train tr- teach an old dog new tricks. And it's so true. No matter how old you are, no matter what beliefs you can ha- you have, you can reprogram your thoughts. You can literally chuck all the old ones out and reprogram new ones. Granted, it might take longer if you've had these beliefs for longer. It's you're more attached to the beliefs. But as soon as you transform what's going on inside of you, and I've said this multiple times in this episode already, everything else will start to transform. And that's in terms of your your wealth, having an abundance mindset, your victim and, and hero mentality, how you want to look at things, being able to see the positives and all the negatives. All of these things are, are honestly like transformational in your life. And so if you can transform mm. your inside, you'll, you'll literally transform your life for the better. Totally. Or because, the worse. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, while you're on that, the abundance that you have externally, it all just, it, it comes internally. Like if you feel bad about yourself, you're going to, like you're going to have a terrible like mm. outwards or externalization of that. Mm-hmm. Set, vice versa, if you, if you obviously feel good about yourself. And I think it's just so important to realize that if you don't fix the things that are, that are coming up in life and you're not prioritizing doing the stuff necessary. And I know like I'm probably a big advocate for just like, kind of outworking yourself down and I don't want to like be known as just like a a macho man that just thinks like you can cure everything with hard work because I I think that is definitely a big part of it but there's also some like self-discovery you have to do you need to realize where that troubles like has come from where it's all stemmed from Mm. but a big part of it I think of where people are falling short is that they're not doing the stuff necessary and putting in the work and this can like it doesn't even have to be as as black and white as like starting a business or something when I say doing the work it can be as simple as literally taking the time to journal down how you feel or or to work out like have the difficult conversation that you needed to have for example like there's so many little things that you could do to improve Mm. how you feel internally that most people are just putting off yeah I think you've also got uh, like your when when you're talking about your mind and like when let's talk if, if we speak, speak about money for a second and go like I, I challenge the hard work concept a little bit. Um, I'm not as I'm not I'm not fully agreeing with the concept of oh if you work hard you'll get everything you want in your life because in my eyes being a tradie and working out in the fucking sun is hard fucking work. That's hard yakka. But it's not really smart work. It's not the type of work that's going to set you up financially. And hard work is, is, a, is a massive factor. But smart work and, and calculated work and really rare, unique work all grants higher pay. And when you actually break down how many hours are in a day, if you're just getting paid an hourly rate, an average hourly rate, you're probably not going to achieve your ideal lifestyle that way. So you can't just work hard climbing the wrong ladder, digging for the wrong 
uh, treasure. Like you need to actually figure out a way to maximize the amount of money that you're making per hour of time worked so that you can achieve that life that you want to live. And that all starts within as well. Because once you understand it's not an hourly rate, it's a value-based exchange. And the more value you can provide, the more you can charge. That's when things start to change in your mind. Because then you go, okay, it's not an hourly rate. It's how much value can I, how much value is this thing that I'm offering worth? And that could take you 10 seconds to provide digitally. It could take you an hour. It could take you 20 hours of work, but then every sale from then on is automated. It's all about figuring out the value exchange and knowing that the more value I can provide, the more I'm going to charge, the more money I can make in a shorter period of time. And that's all a, a, a thought in your mind. Like ponder on that for a second. And I would encourage everyone, if they don't know what they want in their life, to get really inspired and clear in exactly what your body's desires are, what you actually want. And when you can get really clear on that and know the number, I've spoken about it in a previous podcast before about like people want to have their dream car but they don't know how much that car costs. So when I say to them, okay, how much is that BMW M4? They don't actually even know. They go, oh, I think it's around $200,000. So, okay, so you haven't even conceptualized owning it. So how are you ever going to get it? And so like being able to program your mind in a way of like of, of value and knowing everything and getting really clear once you figure out how much your life that you want to live costs, then you can plug in your hourly rate right now and see if you can achieve that. Because if you plug in your hourly rate and it says, okay, you need to work 200 hours a week to live the ideal life at this current rate, you're going to be like, okay, well, I can't do that. I can't, I can't work 200 hours in a week. That's not possible. And so then you have to get creative on how you can increase that hourly rate, which probably isn't in the job you're doing right now. And that's when it's getting inspired and getting creative and, um, figuring out that it's not a, it's not a dollar, it's not an hourly rate, it's a value exchange. Mm. Yeah, and of course, it's not all about hard work, but it is about directed hard work. Mm. Because you could have, you could be one of the smartest people in the world. Of course, you can do one to two things, and and you have like a unicorn experience, which is you you perhaps like I don't but know, just smartest thing you, in the world in what area though? It's like you yeah. can be the smartest, you can be the smartest fucking like tradie in the world you could know exactly where all the holes are but it'd be smarter to design the bolts that go in the holes Mm. and sell them to every tradie so Mm. it's like same industry someone might be smarter at actually where the holes go Mm. but the person building the bolts going in the holes is probably going to make a whole lot more money so it's like um Mm. might might be working harder but he's certainly probably going to earn more money yeah exactly yeah, you need to have you you need to have a mixture of both because the way I look at it is yeah, for sure you could be in a great industry that that has a lot more potential, but if you're not willing to put in the work, there's going to be just as many people that have that I'm sure have had this a very mm. similar idea that have gone into an industry that you're in now and have have just tried to make it happen as well. Taking but if, action. Yeah, yeah, but if you're not outworking them or if you're not doing something different and and actually doing the necessary stuff you're just like nothing's going to be different for you that's why i think it's so important Mm. to have a combination of the two 100 percent. and then also having the ability to take action 
an onboard risk because mm. I think people have all these ideas, but then they go, oh, it's a bit risky. Mm. Oh, I'm going to have to spend all this time. I'm going to have to put my reputation on the line. I'm going to have to do all this. And there's a lot of risk associated. There's a lot of friction between yourself and the task. And so people don't ever do it. Mm. And so as soon as you can understand that when you do it and you take the action, all of a sudden you've just put yourself in a group of people that's far less than what it was before because you've actually taken the action. Taking that first step makes you that much more likely to succeed mm. because you've eliminated 98% of everyone else that has the same idea as you but would never take that first step. So that's the first thing. You take the first step, then you've got a way more likelihood of succeeding. Then within that, it's like, okay, am I smarter than the other people? Do I have the right resources? Do I know how to do this? And then all those other things come into play. Am I willing to work harder than everyone else? Am I willing to pivot when, when I need to? Do I have a bigger enough reason why I'm doing this? So then when the times get tough, which are inevitable, I keep going. Mm. And then that's when all those things come into play. But hard work is most certainly required. But I think just, just closing out on that is the hard work's required but the ability to be slammed on your face multiple times, the delayed gratification, the unknown, not knowing when this thing will work and if it will work, being able to push through all of those is the challenge. For sure. That's the challenge. It's the challenge, but it's also what makes it worth it. 100%. Yeah. And I mean, look, it's, it's a path that's not the easiest path when you're, when we're, where if we're talking about, about creating something really special there's so much easier ways to live but fulfilling ways i don't know about that do you really fit feel fulfilled when you half ass something or when you have a thought that you can do something but then you never take that action mm. i actually um i i wrote something down down at the cafe today along that fits really well with this with this topic yeah. And I want to read it again if I if I can, if that's yeah, all good. So I'm going to make a video about this too, but I think this is pretty this is a pretty powerful thought that I wrote down at the cafe this morning. And what I'm about to say is something everyone needs to hear, I think. I want you to imagine this. You're 100 years old on your deathbed. And you get asked the question, what is your biggest regret in life? And you said, it was that you didn't give life a red hot crack. I didn't step outside my comfort zone enough. I never really challenged myself enough. I had all these goals and I never achieved them. I always said I was going to do something, but I never ended up doing what I said I would do. You would do absolutely anything to go back in time to the moment you're in right now and redo it all over again. You'd be sitting in your deathbed and all the people you were worried about and all the people that stopped you from doing the things you wanted in your life would be sitting in theirs too. And you'd be all alone wishing that you did the thing you've been putting off doing right now. With all that said, the risk you're scared about taking, take it and know that you'd rather be saying, oh well, than what if. And I think that ties in perfectly to what we were just talking about then. Because you've got all these risks that you want to take, but you're just scared of taking them. There's too much down. 
and you've got these negative thoughts that are just rushing through your mind about what could happen. But if you're in your hundred year old self and you're, you're, about to, you're about to leave this planet, what would he be thinking? Like, What's the thoughts going on in that mind? I wish I just left everything on the table. I put it all out there. And mm. pretty powerful thought, hey. It is. And I bet the last thing that he'd ever be worried about is the fact that he started a business and, and that it failed. Like, I bet you that'd be the very last thing that he would ever think about when it comes to regret. And stripping back that it one step further and going, I bet he's not going to regret um, the people, like doing what someone told you wasn't going to work and then it failed. The mm. people's thoughts. Because he's in the bed by himself. He's got no one else. Because everyone else is either dead or in their bed as well. And that is a powerful thought. Because that is what's going to happen. That's where life is going to get to. And each day that goes by, we get one day older and we get one day closer to being in that deathbed. And if we don't take the actions that we want to take and take the risks that we need to take, we're getting one day older, but not one step closer to the goals that we have. And if we keep going back, we keep getting one day older and one day less successful because we are one day older and not one step closer. And it's a really powerful thought to have because we all want to achieve greatness. It's, it's within us. There's got to be something within us, this burning desire. But as we said about in the last episode with the onion, we have all these layers that need to be stripped off. They need to be taken off our onion and allow a new onion to grow before we can achieve all the things that we want in our life. And that all starts with transforming your, your mind. Totally. And when it comes back to fears, I've, I've never really been able to relate to someone that says their biggest fear is like snakes, spiders, heights, because my biggest fear is, has honestly always been the fear of not living up to my fullest potential, getting to a point in my life where I'm, I'm say, on my deathbed or I'm looking my child in the eyes and I'm not, be, I'm, and I'm not able to say that I did the things that I always wanted to do or that I am the person that I could have become like that. That's my biggest fear to mm. not be able to, to live up to that. Yeah. Mm. I think, yeah. I, when I look at one that's really close to me is looking back 12 months time and not, and being in the exact same spot. Mm. That's hectic. <laughs> like you, you, you spend a whole 12 months of living and you don't get one bit better. Not one bit. You don't progress one bit in your relationships. You don't progress one bit in your career and business. You don't progress one bit in your health. You're in the exact same spot. How horrible is that feeling? So if you think about that regularly, you're probably not going to let it happen because that's a good fear to use as fuel. It's not a bad fear. Like that thing should help you propel forward. That shouldn't help. That shouldn't stop you from getting going anywhere. Mm. that's a powerful thought i think where that ties in really well is when you're having all these thoughts and you're trying to achieve something great there's a lot of ups and downs highs and lows and just like the pendulum swing the, the higher the high the lower the low and so if you ride that roller coaster of emotions the ups and downs the higher you ride it, 
the lower you'll ride it to. And so a really powerful skill is not having that, the ability to not ride the roller coaster and try and be neutral as much as you can. You get a bit, big, really big win. You're not too, you don't celebrate too high because then when you get a really low low, you're gonna go, gonna go down. It's just how it works. It's a pendulum. The more it swings one way, it's gonna swing the other way. What are your thoughts on not riding the emotional roller coaster? Hmm. I think it's so important. If you're able to have that equilibrium of, of how you feel on a daily basis, mm. yeah, that, that's going to be one of the things that just skyrockets your performance in all, all areas of your life because mm. there's so much stuff that you could have been doing when you're in like a negative mindset, when you're in a, a, a feel sorry for yourself mindset, that if you had have just stayed at, stayed at a relative level or just an adequate level, that you, you wouldn't have had to have gone through that big peak or mm. sorry, that big trough. And you can just kind of stay at that, that steady equilibrium. Like you, you just, yeah, you just feel better about yourself. Plus you just get so much more shit done. Mm. Yeah. What are your thoughts about when your mind is really clogged at the end of the night and you're struggling to get to sleep because your mind is so overwhelmed with thoughts? Do you, a, do you ever feel that? And B, if you do, is there a way you reduce that? Hmm. Good question. I've always actually been... Like, I would consider myself someone that's very conscious in terms of, like, areas that I lack or things that I need to improve on. And I'm, I'm constantly always thinking. Like, if I'm ever doing, like, a, a meaningless task, maybe I'm cooking, like, I'm having a shower... I'm always thinking about business or just like life in general. I'm just thinking about stuff. But like when I've slept, when, I've, when I'm in, in the zone to sleep, I never have that issue. Um, so I'm pretty fortunate in that way. Like I don't necessarily think about much when I'm going to sleep. Mm. So I've never struggled with that really. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I find that if you are thinking about something before bed heavily, when you wake up, you can think about that thing straight away as well. It's kind of like on mm. your mind and it can really affect your sleep. If it's work-related and you are thinking about what you need to do tomorrow, that like there's even stats that show how much that affects your sleep because your mind hasn't switched off mm. when it's going to bed. I actually heard a really interesting stat. I'm not sure how true it is, but... When you're going through a heartbreak, if you think about, when you're going through a breakup, if you think about that person straight before bed, like as soon as you're trying to sleep, you're thinking about them. And then when you wake up in the morning and the first thing you think about is them, apparently if that's the case, it'll take you over eight months to overcome that heartbreak. I don't know how true that is, which is gnarly. But I heard this thought and I, I pondered on it for a second and I go, I think if you have a thought that's very strong before bed and then as soon as you wake up, I feel like that's, pretty, that's a pretty standard thought. But I think the, the overcoming the, the heartbreak or some sort of grief in your life, if you can... If you can... Um, like if you can have things that, are sh that, that you strive towards and you have things that are really 
inspiring for you. Your life is inspiring. You've got a lot of things going for you. You might have those thoughts, but then you can just, that's like, it might be just with a thought, but then you've got all these other thoughts and amazing things to focus on throughout the day. So you be able to move forward because you've got this confidence in yourself. Maybe if you have these thoughts before bed and after and in the morning, and then you don't have anything going on for you, you go to some shitty job throughout the day, that, that would be very true because mm. you, you're questioning your worth a little bit. But I, I think num- putting numbers and dates on, on, on something like that isn't – they can't accurately do that. It's probably an average thing maybe mm. like, oh, we've done a sample space of this and this is what happened. Yeah. But I don't think you can put your whole – I don't think you can say that and yeah. say, oh, that's it. It's almost like when someone wants to make a lot of money and someone says, oh, it's going to take you three to five years to achieve this yeah. because that's what the average is. Mm. Fucking says where. But at least with making money, that's quantifiable. Like, to not sound too cliche, how can you quantify love? Do you know what I mean? Like, how do yeah. you quantify how, how you feel? How severe the love is. Yeah, or how, how you feel about heartbreak. Um, I feel like that's a hard one to quantify. But then equally, it's like, if you don't try and quantify it, where do you draw the line? Where do mm. you actually, like, if you don't try and quantify it, mm. where, like, do you, yeah. do you, what are you telling to your brain? Yeah. Oh, this is going to take me eight months to get over. Or do you quantify it in a way that, look, I don't know how long this is going to take. Mm. This sucks. It really does hurt. But I'm going to do all of these things, which is going to help me overcome it. And when I overcome it, that's going to be the greatest day. But I know that all the lessons I'm going to learn in between is going to be amazing. So turning all of that hate into an acceptance of what's happened and also turning in like that loss of someone, that grief is a cost that's associated to all the amazing times that you've had with that person. And so maybe like, yeah, getting out of your emotional brain again and making it logical and trying your best to be able to justify it. But mm. look, fuck, heartbreaks is one of the most the hardest things you can go through. Like, mm. like it plays with your, with your heart. It's like you don't really know what it's, – it's so horrible and, and it can be a lot more severe for some people. So it's one of those things where it's like you can try your best and do a lot of things, which I know there's so many processes we can do to get better and fast track it. But for some people, it is going to take a long time. Mm. Yeah, it's super interesting. <laughs> to not go back to work again, but I think you can partly outwork heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, well, let's All take right, you. So, 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 work, so work <laughs> solves every problem then. Just yeah. fucking work yourself to the ground. Well, Sorry, the French. <laughs> Let, let's try and justify this. So even if we just like operationalize <laughs> you can it. outwork it bro <laughs> just outwork your pain man <laughs> let's operationalize it so operationalize it that's Jeez. it so let's try and work out a way to do it for example like let, let's even take you you were you went through a heartbreak recently i don't know how long maybe six months i don't know i'm showing the number man. out there yeah. i think it was around that and you got on your mission straight away mm-hmm. and i think that helps so much yeah it gives you purpose being, yeah so if but you, you can't outwork it, bro, because like you could go to some shitty job that you're getting bossed around for 24 yeah. hours. Like that is fucked up. Yeah. So there's plenty like outwork. When I say outwork, it's not like if you're, I don't know, for example, working a shitty job, like you just said, I don't think you can outwork it in that sense. Work, like I, like I mentioned earlier, like defining work, like work is subjective. Work can be as simple as journaling. It can be as simple as finding your mission. 
it, it can be, yeah, just doing anything that helps you progress. That's what I mean by work. I think the byproducts of the particular work you do is what's going to move the needle. So mm. what, what are you trying to get out of the work? So take journaling, for example. I've gone through a breakup and I am trying my best to justify everything that's happened, unpack everything that's happened. And I want to come at peace with what has happened and turn all of the negative and animosity that I now currently have towards my ex-partner into positivity. So to do that, I'm going to journal and unpack and get really clear on what that is. So it's strategic work that you're doing mm -hmm. to get clear on, on the outcome. And then when you talk about like the things I did, when you get straight back on your mission and your purpose, it's like, okay, I have all these goals that I want to achieve. I am confident in myself. I've built up enough self-worth and I value myself really highly. I'm to a degree full with me and everyone else is a bonus. So all the work to get to that is the work that was necessary for me to move on. Because then I go, okay, a leg of my table, I went through a breakup, it fucking hurt. The leg of my table didn't fall off though. Just a plate on the top broke. So I'm still sturdy, I'm still strong. And so I'm just gonna get back onto everything else I was doing and I'm just not getting that bonus, which I had. And then so that's one thing. And then being able to recognize that that plate that broke, yeah, the plate broke. But there's a lot of other positives around that plate breaking. What are they? Okay, unpack it. So the journaling work, using all the tools to be able to get clear on what's happened. So yeah, I mean, if you break down work, it's like you can do certain things that's going to fast track the hard time that you're going through. But I think labeling it as you can outwork it is not healthy because when you think about 99.5% of people in the world, outwork to them is getting back to their job that they fucking hate. Mm. <laughs> and if they go through a breakup and they do some meaningless job, which most people do, that they don't like, that's going to make their heartbreak worse because they're going to feel heartbroken and they're going to feel worthless. Mm. I hear what you're saying. If you try and throw, throw your stuff into that, of course, into your own personal work or like your own day job i think definitely it's not going to help the situation you're only just pushing away the thoughts that you should be accepting or the things that you should be working through but like an example could be going to gym for, ex for like for instance so if you go to gym i don't know you go through a super hard breakup but you end up going to gym you feel so much better about yourself you have new endorphins running through your body constantly and i, I just think it's so important the reason why i think work has 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 worked so well for me or has just been such a good method to get over a lot of things is because it's something that can actually truly be quantified it can also be something that that you know you can do that's a controllable progress like, that's that's where i often get like a little stuck on like some like woo woo stuff where they say like you should just i don't know try and align your chakras or something like that like <laughs> when when there's something so simple that you can do that you've been putting off that can clearly help the situation or the mm. way that you feel about yourself. And I think like, obviously like doing certain things, um, I can't even give examples of what they are, but just like what the majority of people say is the way to get over breakups. I think a key way to do it is just to realize that if I do the things that are going to make me better, like overall, this can be like better emotionally, better physically, just 
in a better state of being, I think that's such a good way to look at something like getting over a breakup because it's something, even if you're not genuinely like fixing yourself entirely, if you just know, okay, I'm going to continue to do the work. I'm going to continue to do the right stuff. I'm going to journal. I'm going to go to gym. I'm going to stay healthy, eat right. Then or I'm going to work on my side hustle. If you constantly have that in your brain, that this is a way that I can get over a heartbreak, I can get through a, a really tough time. It's, I think it's just such a good thing to have. Like, even if it is all placebo, even if you're not necessarily like, I don't know, improving so much. If you have the thought that this is how I'm getting better and you are progressing maybe by 1% each day, I think that's what's actually going to help you. Yeah. feel as though you're not worrying about something like a breakup or a negative time or mm, I think it's I think it's just stripping it back to progress and knowing that if I'm bettering myself I'm going to become a better person and by doing so everything else in my life will level up around it so if I focus on going to the gym I know that I'm going to a get in better shape so I'm going to have more confidence probably I'm going to have a healthier body, more able to do things, more adventures, more everything in life. I am going to have that confidence, as I said just before, to be able to approach new friends, approach new partners and yeah, re relate and connect with people at a higher wavelength and level because of the body. Okay, that's the gym. I'm going to start and, and then not to mention all the mental effects that it has on you by actually doing so. Um, which is a lot of the time even greater than the physical. Um, and then you look at everything else you're going to level up. It's like, okay, I'm going to level up my people skills and my communication. And so I'm going to do different communication things to get better at, at sales and communication so then I can convey my message better. I'm going to get better in business so I can um, get clear on, like I can start making money and I'm going to get clear on like my values in life. And so you're doing all these things and you're leveling up all these pillars in your life. And then by doing so, you all of a sudden realize that there's a lot going for you. And then when you have that, you have the confidence that you need to be able to move forward into something so amazing, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And going back to hard times, do you feel as though hard times, do you think that they help you in the long run? Yeah, I think you need to have the hard times. Um, it's yin and yang without the, the bad you don't have the high I think the hard times is what gives uh, it's what gives life enjoyment because you're comparing the good to something right and if you don't have any bad then the good isn't great and so you never have those really big highs which are so amazing mm. and they also just make things more rewarding because you know you've gone through challenges to achieve the stuff that you want mm. um, and that's why it's important to keep going through the hard times because there is light at the end of the tunnel and if you quit before you get to the light at the end of the tunnel then the hard times don't seem worth it mm. you just feel like you've gone through all of this for no reason mm. so I think actually pushing through knowing that these hard times are a cost to make the good times great will really be worth it and I mm. think they're so important they are so important for your journey to go through the hard times. Take a super wealthy family, for example, and they've given their kids everything, everything they've wanted. 
They've given them all the business. They've given them all the money. They've got the house, a really nice car. They've got it all. What do they compare that good to? Fucking nothing. Hmm. So is it good to them? No, it's normal. Have you ever met someone that's 18 on their P's driving a brand new Mercedes? There's plenty of them around here. And then you go, oh, nice car. They're like, oh, yeah, it's all right. What the fuck do you mean it's all right? You're driving a $200,000 car at 18. They go, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. They're not privileged. They, I mean, they're privileged. They're not, they're not appreciative mm. of that thing. And picture, that's a material thing. But if you picture anything else in your life and think of it the same, if you haven't been given, if you haven't gone through anything hard, that's how you're going to view something in your life. Okay, it's all right. Do they hop in that car and do they smile when they put their hand on that steering wheel? Mm. No, because they haven't drove a Toyota Prius to compare it. They haven't drove a little shitbox. It's always been nice. So, yeah, when the normal's really high and they don't have something to compare it to, you don't get enjoyment out of nice things. And when you don't get enjoyment out of nice things, you don't feel good. So I think mm. the bad's really important. Yeah. I think it's so important to have the bad. And one of the reasons why is because if you constantly, or not constantly, let's just say you have bad times throughout your life. Most people do. You may as well make the most out of those bad times. Like the only way that you could truly, I guess, have any downside when it comes to a bad time is that you could waste it. And what I mean by wasting it is by quitting too early. Because you've already gone through all this tough shit. You, you've, done, you've done the hard work. You've gone through the trenches. And if you are to quit now, you're never going to end up seeing, seeing the rewards that come from it. Mm. So don't waste those hard times. Don't, don't, keep, don't use those hard times in vain because, yeah, they'll end up paying off. Do you think that people don't go through the hard times because they don't want to? Or do you think it's because they're scared of what other people are going to think of them? Mm. Do you think the hard times is... What were you going to say? Well, I think a big reason people don't go through the hard times is because of the uncertainty of it. If everyone had such a clear picture of, okay, if I do this really tough spout, maybe it's two months of, Mm. I don't know, not making... Like maybe making half or a quarter of the amount of money that they usually do. If they realised that after that two months they were going to make double, triple, quadruple, whatever they used to make, they'd be like, okay, great. But because no one has truly aligned themselves with what their core reason why is, they're not willing to go through those hard times. Regardless of the outcome. Yeah, and it all comes back to how you internally feel, feel about yourself. If you believe, like if you truly believe that you have what it takes to be successful, you'll do whatever it takes until you are. You, you'll do anything. You, you'll pick up shit off the floor in like, I don't know, like a fucking, I can't even give an example, but <laughs> let's just say you're in the circus or something. Like you'll pick up elephant shit if that's what it takes. Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> it, there's, there's a lot of stuff up here, but um, nah, like. So if you, if this is how you really yeah. know if you want it. If you're willing to pick up elephant shit <laughs> off the floor and put it in between your hands and clap, <laughs> That's when you know that you're on the brink of something so amazing. Exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I think. I think that's a great analogy. I'm going to use that moving forward. <laughs> the elephant shit clap. Elephant shit clap. So if you can elephant shit clap, you're going places. <laughs> you're going really far. 
I think, yeah, look, I, I entirely agree. I think it's, um, yeah, I think, I think what you, what you said there, I also think about when I, when I asked a question about, do you reckon what people think about you plays a role in the decisions that you make when you have to put your reputation on the line and you've got to, you know, put yourself out there that you're doing something that's out of the ordinary. Mm. You're always going to have the critics of, Oh, that's not going to work. Nice. Oh, good. Good to see you giving it a go, mate. And like all this little stuff that's quite daunting as well. Mm. And it will stop you from doing things. But ask yourself that when you're a hundred years old, are you going to care about old Joe next door that told you not to do something? Of course you're not. Are you going to care about if you didn't take the action and you're mad at yourself and you have to try mm. and sleep and live with the fact that you didn't give it your absolute all? Mm. That's probably going to be a pretty painful thought. Mm. And here's the thing. Joe could be right 99% of the time, but she's going to be wrong the 1% of the time that you are actually successful. And that's when you're a genius. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. What was that Because every, said? like, for instance... People are right most of the time, but they're wrong the one time that it actually matters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Didn't you say, you said something about, you know, in a, while, in a clip I did a while back, mm. it's like you're crazy until... Yeah, it? so you're crazy while you're on the way up until you're successful and then you're a genius. Something yeah, along yeah, those yeah. lines, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's so good. I honestly, honestly love that, so that true. sentence. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. I do think that's a um, pretty good place to end it. What do you think? Do you have anything Pretty you good to say? place. I mean, look, we've been going for about 50 minutes. I think, um, yeah, I think it's a really good, really good spot to end. I'd love to get you guys involved in these episodes a bit. Um, this is now episode seven, which is pretty crazy. It's pretty cool. Mm. Been going for seven weeks now. Drop us a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. We see on the analytics on the back end that a lot of the people that watch this um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube are not actually subscribed. Mm. So whatever platform you're on, if you can press that follow button um, so you stay up to date whenever these podcasts are out, it'd be greatly appreciated. Um, it's growing. There's a lot of you guys listening and tuning in. We're beyond blessed. So... Do us, it means a lot more than you know if you just press that follow button. Mm. Um, but drop a comment or send us a DM on Modern Blueprint Podcast on Instagram on what you guys want us to talk about and we'll definitely feature your questions in future episodes. Do you have anything else to say, man? No, that's it from me. Unreal, guys. See you next week. See you guys. Bye.